Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Discovering Humanity in Health podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Vignesh, for uh, he's a DO and PhD student. Thank you for being with us here today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. So right off, I want to ask you our first question, which is, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Could you include stuff like your background and what type of student you are? Sure. Um, so just a little bit about myself briefly. Uh, so I was actually born um, in China, India, and we and my family and I moved to the United States when I was around uh, four years old. So uh, growing up here, it was a pretty unique experience, you know, trying to, to assimilate into American culture while sort of retaining any sense of my, my Indian identity. Um, so as I grew up, uh, it was it was a very unique experience in that I was able to make friends with lots of different types of people from various um, ethnic, religious backgrounds. Um, uh, and as I grew older, that was actually something that I really, uh, I guess, prided myself in. It was something that I really enjoyed doing, right? Meeting people from, from all over the world or just from all different cultures within America. Um, and... In, in high school, I was actually very uh, interested in potentially pursuing something to do with computer science, not really medicine at the time. Uh, however, it was because of an anatomy and physiology course that I really started to get the gears grinding in terms of, okay, when I go to college, maybe I could do like a pre-medicine type major. Um, so then in, in college, I actually studied physiology and neuroscience. That was my undergraduate major. And that has now allowed me to come into the current program I'm in. Um, so I am now a DO PhD student. I've completed my first two years of medical school at the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. Um, I'm now pursuing my PhD in cell and molecular biology um, with University of the Sciences. They're the partner school that partners with, with PCOM. So then after I complete about three to four years of research, I will be going back to medical school to complete my final two years of rotation um, before applying to residency. That was so interesting to hear. I could definitely understand the adapting to the cultures and showing pride in that. That's definitely so amazing, um, like hearing about your background. So now that we get into a little bit about like your M like your DO, could you tell me like sure. the main difference between MD and DO and like why you chose DO? Sure, absolutely. So I'll start with the why ch I chose DO first, which will then transition into the differences, but um in college towards my senior year, I started to actually hear about this, this new profession. I mean, I think throughout when I was growing up, I did probably encounter DO physicians. I just never really knew that there was two separate degrees, right? So um, in, in, in college towards senior year, I began hearing about it a little bit. And, and actually, I've applied to medical school twice in the past, the first time I didn't really get into any school. Um, during the first application cycle, I had looked into osteopathic medicine, what being a DO physician was. And unfortunately, I really did not look at some good resources, right? I had actually thought that DOs just 
weren't true physicians simply because of the resources that I was looking into. Um, and my, my undergraduate school, I don't think the advisors did a very great job of also introducing this route as well. Um, however, the second time I applied, I decided I really wanted to look into this more, right? Because I was hearing about it more and more. Um, so I tried my absolute best to kind of look at the objective sources and I came to understand, you know, what osteopathic medicine is all about. So the first main difference, and this difference is not so apparent anymore, but um, DO schools really pride themselves on um, primary care medicine and preventative medicine. So the idea that people hear often um, when they think about DO schools is this whole holistic approach, right? And um, the way I like to define it is to just think about any aspect of patient care as putting the patient first. Um, of course, this is not so unique to DO schools anymore since, you know, MD schools and DO schools both are, are very much adopting this philosophy. But I do believe that DO schools were sort of on this much earlier on. Um, so that was one thing I learned throughout trying to look for sources and, and um, in the whole process of learning about what DO school was. The second difference, which is honestly probably the biggest difference, is that DO schools teach osteopathic manipulative medicine. So OMM, uh, also known as OMT, which is just osteopathic manipulative treatment, is a series of manipulations, um, musculoskeletal manipulations utilizing your hands. It's sort of similar to chiropractic work, but they are different techniques and different philosophies behind it. But the idea is in addition to all the medicine that MD students learn. DO students learn everything, every bit of that just the same. Um, however, we also tack on an additional about 500 hours of both uh, lecture-based osteopathic manipulative treatment learning and also um, hands-on based learning. So we learn a wide range of techniques um, that, that range from soft tissue, very minimally, um, uh, how do I say that? Sort of like minimal techniques. So just very uh, soft techniques, so to speak. And then we also learn more um, uh, techniques that can be utilized to, to I guess, the, the way people would describe it is to crack bones, so to speak. Um, but of course, it is a little more involved than that. So uh, through those techniques, we can hope to alleviate pain for a certain amount of time in a wide variety of uh, bodily systems. Um, so I would say currently that's the main difference between MD and DO, but besides that, the, the, you know, the medical education that um, we learned throughout our four years of medical school is very much the same as MD students, you know, plus the OMM as well. Thank you. So that was a really good explanation. And that would, I think that's going to really help our students who are listening right now. So you kind of covered this already, but is there anything mm -hmm. specific that you um, can think of when I say, what can high school students like expect when they choose a DO? Of course. So when students choose to go the DO route, uh, I always tell students to really truly be interested not only in the uh, holistic 
or or preventative philosophy that is more in tune typically with primary care, but um, to also be genuinely interested in learning on that um, because it's a very, very, it's not the biggest component of medical school, osteopathic medical school, but it is a major component. And I think having a genuine interest in that will make your medical school experience um, in DO school that much better. Thank you, thank you so much. So now I want to move on to a little bit about your PhD. So could you tell us like what your PhD is on and like how, you know, what, what exactly it is? Sure, so my PhD currently, I am in a cell and molecular biology program. Um, and within that, my specific work is in cancer. So um, I do the majority of my work in prostate cancer and a little bit in breast cancer. But what we are looking at is a specific marker that is highly upregulated in, in, in many cancers, actually. And our goal is to utilize various small molecule inhibitors um, to target this receptor with high specificity in the hopes that we can target the cancer, of course, and keep normal tissue alive. That's kind of like the basis um, underlying our research. Um, and then with this, the upregulation of this receptor, there's also, it's also unknown currently why that even occurs in cancer um, specifically. And so that's another thing we're looking at is potential upstream regulators of this receptor. Uh, and if we can sort of detail out, you know, a pathway that leads to the upregulation of this and that which will then lead to potentially further targets that we can utilize for treatment in prostate cancer. Thank you so much. That definitely sounds like it took a lot of uh, research and effort. So could you tell us like, how did you manage your stress and your workload with this PhD? Right. So I, I almost want to say that medical school sort of even trained me for this. So I, during my first two years of medical school, it was, it was very hard, right? There was, I mean, studying was essentially from morning to night um, and weekends, uh, of course, taking into account mental health and breaks, it was still a lot of work. So going into the PhD, um, I kind of just carried that work ethic with me into the PhD program. And it is much different, right? So medical school, it's a lot of learning, established knowledge, whereas in the PhD, it's a lot about thinking of new ideas. So they're, they actually do come from two very different approaches. But the, the ability for me to, to write, um, to investigate new ideas, and to put that time and effort into it really does come from uh, being so, I guess, disciplined during my first two years of medical school. Thank you. Thank you so much. I know that a lot of our um, like st students that are in like college, and I think they would really benefit from things you said. So you mentioned that like you brought your ethics from medical school and that's what my next couple of questions are about. What mm -hmm. undergrad did you take and how did this affect your future plans? Like how, like it could be in a positive or it could be in a negative way. Right, so that, this is actually a good time for me to, to sort of go a little bit into the whole college experience. Um, so one of the things that I started doing in college was sort of putting myself to the test. Um, once in high school, after I took that, that anatomy and physiology course, sort of fell in love with biology, my next line of thinking was, um, you know, I do want to in some way help uh, people 
with whether it be within the United States or around the world. And one of the ways I thought I could do that was by trying to positively impact people's health. Um, of course, being that I wanted to also learn a lot about medicine and just having an interest in medicine itself, um, I went to UC San Diego um, and I physiology and neuroscience. Um, so while I was taking those classes at the same time, I was also uh, working as an EMT. Um, I was also in a research lab, uh, two different research labs actually throughout my undergraduate career. And um, what really got me interested in, in medicine was my experiences in, in healthcare, not only as an EMT, but as a volunteer working in underserved communities. Um, you know, again, kind of going back to my background of just enjoying the company of so many different types of people, I really felt that um, doing community service, uh, medical community service in, in underserved communities was such an enlightening experience. I, I learned so much about the people there. I learned so much about the hardships. Um, I can even sort of link it back to what I've seen in India. Um, and so really through that, I, I knew that I wanted to, to become a physician and to try to not only treat patients within a hospital, but to try to use my voice to impact medicine outside of a hospital. Because, you know, it was through these experiences that I that I really came to realize that um, medicine is, is a human right. It should be, right? Not a privilege. So um, throughout my, my undergraduate studies, I continued to study sciences related to physiology, neuroscience. I continued to work as an EMT where, again, I worked with many different patients. Um, and then, you know, it was during my senior year after I'd finished my first research experience and moved on to my second research experience I also started thinking about, hmm, what about a PhD too? Uh, you know, I, medicine essentially was my first love, I think. I really, really fell in love with becoming a physician. But it wasn't until later on that in college that I also learned that I was really, really interested in science. Um, so my, my biggest advice would be put yourself to the test um, in college, right? Like if your passion is to become a physician, you want to try to get yourself engaged in paid or volunteer clinical experiences as soon as you can. And of course, while research is important for medical school, you know, definitely join research out of more out of interest, right? Like you want to be genuinely interested in the work that is going on. And hopefully you also want to have a mentor that will cultivate your experiences because I was very fortunate to have research mentors that truly cared about um, my experience in the lab. And I think that was also a big part of why I fell in love with science um, just as much as I did medicine. So you talked a little bit about research and volunteering mm -hmm. and your experience as working as an EMT. How essential mm -hmm. are these to like medical school and to your future? And like how early on should high school students like try to get these opportunities? Oh, absolutely. So, um, you know, one thing I'm seeing now, uh, especially in the lab that I'm working at and at PCOM is a lot of high school students get these research internships very, very early on. I, in high school, I, I definitely did not get any research experience or internships. So I think it's amazing. Um, that would be, that's a potential cool opportunity to do in high school 
if there's universities around you that are hosting high school students for a summer, um, they really do a good job of getting you to think critically, uh, to come up with a small plan, and then to execute that plan under the guide of like graduate students in the lab or postdocs or even the principal investigator uh, herself or himself. So I think the the best way to go about it is to first in high school, see if you uh, have a passion for the subject itself, right? Um, then once you you understand, not only do you have a passion for it, but you're also good at it, right? Because these classes are very difficult. Um, the next step in college is to try to get into those experiences as early as possible. So I, uh, during the summer of my first year in college, I did a six-week EMT course in between my first and second year. Then at the same time, my first year of, of college, I also started to get into research, whereas I feel a lot of other students around me, they were kind of waiting a little bit to get into it. But I think it's if you're really passionate about it, you should try to get involved as soon as possible, right? Because the earlier you get involved, the earlier you can determine, hey, this is for me or, hey, this really isn't for me. Uh, but to kind of answer the other part of your question, I think it's also important for the experiences, right? Because what medical schools really like to see is uh, a very robust clinical experience, right? And oftentimes that means doing a paid clinical experience in addition to volunteering. So some popular ones are being an EMT, a scribe, um, an ER tech, um, a certified nursing assistant, something along those lines, right? Um, and then with research, you can certainly get involved in any sort of robust bench science or even clinical medicine. And as long as I think you're in a lab that gets you heavily involved, you know, uh, and, and you're enjoying your time there, medical schools will also see that as being sort of impressive. Of course, at the same time, it's important while you're doing all these things early on to keep your grades up because, uh, of course, as we know, a certain GPA and MCAT score can can get you to a school that you you want to go into. So, thank you so much for all of that information. I know as a high school student myself, this is mm -hmm. um, such like it's very informational to hear all of this and kind of gets everybody in the right spot here. So, my yeah. next few questions are about like your personal experiences. Getting into medical school and doing this PhD is definitely a lot of stress. What kept you going through all of this stress? Like, was it something that someone said or was it someone who made you like go through all this? Uh, yeah, it's kind of a lot of different inspirations. I think the biggest one being my parents. Um, you know, my parents immigrated to this country uh, when I was young and while we were growing up and while we were on a green card, you know, sometimes things are tough, right? Financially, um, when we first started out here and throughout the period of time, I saw especially both my mom and dad kind of grow up, uh, grow themselves up in this country and kind of make something for themselves in this country, right? When um, they came in with no assets or, or uh, you know, grandparents not per like, you know, there's no, they don't have generational wealth here, essentially. That, that's not a thing. So uh, seeing that and seeing kind of the opportunities that they gave both my me and my younger sister, you know, to do what it is we wanted to do, uh, 
one of my biggest motivations is to keep going because they put me in this position and and this was truly my my dream right i mean <laughs> actually when i wanted to when i told them i wanted to potentially be a doctor like no 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 that's too hard you should do something else <laughs> so um uh you know like really this is i i really did put myself in the situation and they've supported me 100% throughout and that's a really big motivating factor for me is to is to try to uh get in a position where you know because my parents were were so uh hard working and put me in this position i'd now have the ability to go and impact other people so that's kind of how i think about it whenever i'm in and you know struggling or things are getting hard i i just sit back and think of the bigger picture uh which is that i hope to one day you know somehow really impact medicine and science and um of course that's going to take a lot of hard work um so yeah that's that's pretty much what i'd say at the same time i one of the things that helps me get through is uh in medical school you will, i i hope you will but you meet some very very close friends at least i did and kind of being in it together is also something that really helps us because we're we're kind of all in the struggle together we um uh you know and, and it's best to what during those times we just get together we study with each other we try to make each other laugh um so it's i think this really does boil down to that support system around you both being family and friends i think that's the biggest thing that can help anyone get through through tough times in medical school definitely i definitely think a lot of people's inspirations are their parents and their parents definitely I know my parents definitely pushed me to get whatever, mm -hmm. you know, like the biggest thing possible. So, thank you for that. And now looking back at like the accomplishments that you made, what do you strongly wish that you knew back then? <sighs> um well, one of the things that I wish I knew about is um there's these joint programs in uh, for undergraduate students, uh, I believe you can apply to probably as a high school student, um, but they are joint bachelor's to MD or bachelor's to DO programs. And I, I really didn't know about this. I, I thought that the standard way to get into medical school was to complete your bachelor's, right? Take the cat, go to medical school. But depending on um, whether you get accepted or not to these programs, and depending on the program itself, there are some that you take your bachelor's degree for three, four years, you try to maintain a certain GPA, and then boom, like you're pretty much straight going into medical school. And some require that you pass the MCAT with a certain score that's not necessarily even competitive, and others won't even require that you take the MCAT altogether. Uh, that's something that I wish I knew, especially this is relevant for students who are truly, truly interested in going this way and nothing else, right? Um, another thing I wish I knew was was all these, and maybe this is just a newer thing, but all those high school internships that you can have in different labs, uh, I think that's a really cool opportunity. And here in Philadelphia, every summer, um, I see so many high school students coming into our labs um, and learning the fundamentals of science, right? Like, you're in the classroom and you learn about science and the scientific method, but it works so much differently once you're actually in a lab and you have to think about, you know, completing a small project yourself. So 
Uh, I think these are a couple of things that I wish I knew, but hopefully students now will look into this more and uh, because these are really great opportunities to take. Thank you. I definitely think our high school students will look into that stuff because there's so much to do nowadays. So mm -hmm. my last question is, could you give us in like one sentence, like one piece of advice that you would like for our high school or college students to know? One piece of advice. Um, yeah, definitely. I'd say find your truest motivation to, to enter medicine. That, that's my biggest advice. I even tell this to first-year medical students because there are many moments that many medical students think, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can do this anymore, right? I mean, even at the level of a physician, that, that thought still occurs because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, you know, self-questioning as to whether you're capable of this, whether you can continue to take on the stress and so every time, and this sort of alludes back to what I said before, but every time that does happen, if your motivation is in the right place, whether it be inspiration from your parents or kind of envisioning what you will do for, for people in the future, um, it's a very, very powerful thing to get you back into the swing of things, to get you back feeling you know, happy again, motivated again, ready to work again. So yeah, just the biggest thing being find your true passion and motivation for getting into the medical field. Thank you so much. That was so like overall, it's just such an informational interview. And I really thank you for joining us here today. And I, do, I thank you for um, listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for having me again. This was, this was really fun. And that concludes this episode of Discovering Humanity and Health. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to check out other episodes at www.humanityandhealth.org.